But we know that God works all things together for good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Last week, Claire started us out in the series that we're uh, going to be doing this month in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, which is really the scripture that we're just going to be kind of going back to and referring to all, all uh, month. And that scripture is this, for those of you that might not have been here or those of you that don't remember it, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Claire brought our attention to the things portion of that scripture and spoke to us about hope. And what a profound scripture when it comes to hope. And the scriptures are just full of hope. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about kind of a parallel scripture to that scripture in Isaiah 43 in the New Testament which is also loaded with hope, and we've already read it several times this morning, but I want to read it to you again. Romans 8, 28, and it says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I want to talk to you about all things working together for good. See, it's easy to be discouraged, and some of you, even in hearing that all things work together for good, you immediately go to this place where it's like, well, it's not really that good in my life. It hasn't worked out that good in my life, and you could easily become discouraged. You may have a sense or have had a sense in your life of why me? Why did this thing happen to me? Why did this thing happen to my child? Um, maybe somebody in your life has passed away and you just, it's been hard to get past that. Or you've had a job loss or a financial crisis or health issues or lack of opportunities in your own life or abuses uh, or mistreatments that have happened to you. And it's really easy to see those things. And those are not good things. Those have not been good things in your life. And the scripture isn't saying that those are good things, but the scripture tells us in Isaiah, 43 and Romans 8, that all things put together, God somehow can make it good. See, life isn't always fair. We all know that. You don't have to live very long on this planet to realize life's just not fair sometimes, but you can be assured that God is always good, that God is always working on your behalf and my behalf for our good. It is important and it's critical in this scripture that we read in Romans uh, 8.28 that we love God, that the promise, which is so full of hope, I mean, imagine, just think about that. The promise is that all things put together will be for your good and mine. That is so, that is so beautifully hopeful, isn't it? If we love God and we live into the call, the purpose that we were created for, but if we're not careful, what can happen and what the enemy can invite us to is this dwelling on certain elements of our life that were not good or maybe aren't good in this moment, maybe a relational stress that we have right now. And it becomes all-encompassing to the point where we're not allowing God to do the work that he wants to do in the all things of our life. Claire mentioned that word things last week, that that's just such a... Uh, 
actually intentional and broad term by God because it's all encompassing, isn't it? When it comes to things, there's nothing out of bounds. Everything in your life and mine is included. So there's nothing, when it says he will work all things together for good, there's nothing that's out of bounds. Nothing that's happened, even the bad stuff, the things that that we would say are certainly negative or harmful in our life, somehow God even brings that into the equation and works it for our good. We saw it in the video, this young woman talking about her own challenges physically in her own life and how at times she has felt like, I just don't get how this is bringing any good in my life. And then suddenly it all comes together and there are those moments where you realize my life is not built or defined on that one thing. God is working together for my good with all of the things that come into my life. I remember when Claire and I were first married, um, Claire's an, really, she's an amazing cook, but uh, she would even tell you that it's, she's never really been great at baking. She doesn't like to bake. I think it's, she doesn't like the stringent instructions. She's a creator when she cooks, so she wants to just like add things and, you know, uh, kind of experiment with stuff. So when it comes to baking and the the instructions are really accurate, it's not quite as easy. Well, early in our marriage, she wanted to bless her mom. It was her mom, around her mom's birthday. And she just thought, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make my mom a cake. Even though I don't like to bake, I'm going to make a cake. The house we were renting, I had this long hallway. At one end was the living room. And at the other end of the hallway was uh, this, was the kitchen. I say this kitchen because it was kind of like a this kitchen. It was kind of a kitchen. Anyway, um, so I was sitting in the living room. I think I would just gotten home from work or something, and I hear Claire in there, you know, working hard, wanting to bless her mom. And then this is going on for a while. A little bit of singing, I think, started out with, and it was a lot of fun and sounded like it was going to be great. Couldn't wait to taste this cake she was making. And then after a while... The, the, the sounds coming from the kitchen started to get a little more intense. They weren't so joyful. There wasn't as much singing going on. And I looked down this long hall, and I could see cake, literally the cake, flying through the air, pieces, chunks of cake flying through the air, and I could hear it hitting the wall. Boom, boom, boom. I walked down like, honey, what's, what's going on? And, and she was in tears, and she said, I wanted to bless my mom so much. And I said, well, what went on? And she said, well, you know, the recipe called for this much butter. I don't know if it was like a quarter of a stick of butter or something. She said, so I've always thought if, you, if a quarter of a stick of butter is good, why not two sticks of butter? So I put in two sticks of butter, and it's just falling apart. The cake won't stay together. See, the ingredients are important, And how they come together when the scripture says all things work together for our good. That God understands all of the things in our lives. Now what we tend to do more than adding more elements into our life, our tendency is more not allowing certain ingredients to be a part of the mix. It's not only important what's in the mix, but it's important how much much is in the mix. And then it's important when it gets added and it's critical that... Um, the temperature is a certain temperature when you cook things. When you think about a cake it's, and you think about, for instance, your life as a recipe, you could say, you know, there's different ingredients that have been added along the way. Um, 
But there's these certain ingredients that sometimes get added in our life that on their own, we would never want to just eat that on, on its own, right? I read a cake mix recently that said that there, it needed two tablespoons of vinegar for this cake mix. Well, nobody would just eat vinegar to eat vinegar, but vinegar added into the rest of the mix apparently can do a wonderful job. And what happens sometimes is we see these ingredients and we get stuck on that one ingredient and we don't allow the other things to begin to take place in our lives. And it could just take just a little bit of something, just a little bit of vanilla added to that vinegar and cup and a half of flour and all of, all of those other ingredients, just a little bit of something just a little bit of God's favor, timed properly, added to the ingredients in a proper way can make all the difference. See, when you and I get stuck or zeroed in on what is bad, what's a bad thing that has happened in our life, maybe for you today, it could be something going on in your own life today. And even as I'm saying it, you know that you are stuck with something. You are zeroed in on that thing. You are zeroed in on that ingredient in your life. And it is eliminating the power of the working together. The scripture says that all things work together for our good. Those ingredients that don't seem so good, those things when they happened, you just thought, what, what's, what's good about this? Why in the world has this happened to me? And you, they need to work together, right? Like you don't, you don't, you know, you wouldn't, for instance, you wouldn't, uh, make a cake, you wouldn't say, all right, uh, I'm going to eat a cake. You wouldn't take like two raw eggs, eat the two raw eggs, take a cup and a half of flour, then eat the cup and a half of flour, then a teaspoon of vanilla, and then the two tablespoons of vinegar and go through that list of cake mix and get to the end and kind of go like this and say, I just ate a cake. But the working together of all of it, see, even the negative things, the things that we would call bad, are being worked together. Maybe the temperature in the oven is turned up pretty high, and there's a reason that it needs to be turned up pretty high. See, when we isolate things in our life, they can become senseless. It seems like it's not important. But if we allow the process to happen in our lives with a patient-filled faith, and a pursuit of God, we see that all things begin to come together. Isolation of life circumstances can create bitterness and anger and stuckness. God is not saying to any of us that some things possibly in our lives were maybe even horrific. But what he is saying is, add that, allow those ingredients to come together with the other goodnesses of your life Allow the wisdom that comes from those difficulty. Let there be a confidence in God's involvement in the whole life that you're living. And you'll move out of your stuckness and your bitterness and your anger. But if we stay in that place and we don't allow all things to work together for our good and we almost feel like we justifiably can say this vinegar in my life gives me a reason to stay bitter, you will stay stuck in that place. You'll not move into that preferred promise. The scripture tells us in Isaiah 43, it says to not dwell on the past 
Forget those former things. Now, it doesn't really mean that you've forgotten those things, right? What it's saying is not dwelling there. Don't camp out on those things, but allow God to begin to bring some other things into the mix with all of that difficulty that possibly you have lived and you'll see amazing things begin to happen. It'll start to come together like this masterpiece that God, who is in charge of the ingredients in your life and mine, can begin to fashion it together in a way that is just wonderful and beautiful. All things will work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. In Philippians 1.16, it says to be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If you are still breathing, God is still adding ingredients to your life. He's still wanting to create this masterpiece. He's not done with you. The reason that you're still breathing and you are existing is because God's saying there's more to do in the work in your life. You know, I read recently about this guy that uh, when he was born, he was adopted after six weeks because his parents, they just didn't want him. They, they, didn't, they, they just didn't want to have a child, they had decided. So after six weeks, he was adopted. And then about two years into his life, he had this mysterious illness. And for about the next six years, he, he spent those years in and out of the hospital, his uh, adoptive parents taking him in and out to these uh, situations. He, he wasn't growing properly. They tested him for things like cystic fibrosis. He had this intense stunted growth that would last pretty much through his whole life. It would be a condition that he would wrestle with. He, would, he had this deep desire as he started to grow up as a young man. He had a deep desire to one day play football or to one day play baseball competitively at like the highest level. And there was this deep disappointment in his life because he was just too small to play those kinds of sports. Throughout school, he was bullied intensely. At one point in his life, he said, I felt like God had no plan for my life. Everything inside of me that I seemed to most desire, I physically or emotionally didn't have what it took to be able to live into those things. One day, he decided that he would go to skating lessons with his sister and while there, he decided he would even skate. And he began to skate around. And almost immediately, the coach noticed that he was a gifted skater, just starting. So he began to invest time and, and energy into learning how to skate uh, and, and to learning the, the, the sport of figure skating. Experts, as he was developing, said he's wasting his time as he became more and more competitive. He's wasting his time because he physically will never be large enough and strong enough to do the things that it requires to operate at the highest level. But always remember this when it comes to what people say about you and about me. It really isn't important, and you and I are not what anybody else says we are. What we are, who we are, is what God and who God says we are. That's who really matters ultimately. So even though the experts would say he could never compete at the highest level, he did. And he would go on to win basically every national title he could win, every international title. And in 1984, Scott Hamilton won the Olympic gold medal. See, all things work together 
even those things that seem bad, even when you're adopted a couple weeks into your life, six weeks into your life, even when you have physical limitations that seem like they don't add up, even when you have had things happen to you and it seems like there's no reason, all of those things, God's intent is to work it together. See, all of your ingredients and all of my ingredients, they're not in yet. Some of you may need your oven turned up even some more. Some of you would say, my oven's turned up today. I would like to get pulled out and cool off a little bit. Some of you, frosting is on the way, and you need a little bit of frosting. Some of you, it's sprinkles. Some of you are back in the vinegar stage. But the reality of it is, is all things work together for good. See, just a little bit of something can turn what seems like, if you, it, like when you're baking or cooking, for instance, just a little bit of something can really change it. Remember Emeril? Those of you that are old enough, Emeril, you know, he just like put a pinch of something in it and go, bam! And it's just like he would just put a dash of something in and it was like, that was his signature thing, bam! Just a little bit of something might be on the way. A little bit of God's favor in your life and mine might change everything today during this talk. Might change your situation with that, that relationship you're desiring, or it might totally change your career trajectory. It might totally change the struggles that your children are having. Could be just a little bit of something added into your life. It could be favor. It could be promotion. It could be breakthrough. Never underestimate the power of God to release into your life and mine what we need in order to make that thing which seems like it's not turning out too well totally be turned around. You might remember there's a story of Moses and the Israelites in the Old Testament, and they're traveling throughout the desert, and they're, they're, they're uh, tired, and they come to a place where uh, they, they are thirsty, and they are really desiring something to drink, and they come to a river. And Moses tells them, you know, go ahead and drink, and they drink, and the water is bitter. The water's horrible. And God instructs Moses. Now, after all of that, they could say, what, what in the world is this? God delivers us. He's got us going through this desert. We're headed to the promised land. Now we come to this river. We're all thirsty. Why in the world will we come to this place where the river is bitter? And God instructs Moses to add a tree, essentially, to the river. And by those elements being added to the river, the water becomes sweet and refreshing. And the people are refreshed. Who knows what kind of tree you need added to your water today? Who knows what it is, but God knows what it is. God knows that very thing that just added to that stream that you're trying to rest by can make you refreshed by it. It's interesting, this Isaiah 43, 18, where it says to not dwell on our past. Because see, when we dwell on our past, when we camp in our past, it keeps us from moving into that thing which is so good, right? Paul puts it this way in Philippians 3.13. He says, I, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind and I strain toward what is ahead. Erwin McManus says it this way. He says, if you live in your past, you will die to your future. 
There is a reason that we don't drive on the freeway in reverse. I have a friend of mine that um, he was he was kind of a hippie guy. He's a he's a pastor now, and you know, high school, early college age, did a lot of drugs and. Um, Anyway, uh, he told me this story one time about how he really, it was late high school and he really wanted to go to this, there was this uh, concert near where he lived in the Detroit area and he really wanted to go and his parents made it clear to him, you will not take the Cutlass, which was their car, you will not take the Cutlass and you will not go to that concert. So he waited and when um, his parents started to fall asleep, uh, he decided he would take the cutlass and take a lot of drugs, and he would go to this concert, and away he went. And he said, lo and behold, he got, went to the concert. It was a great concert. He said, I was really high, got done with the concert, and I thought, well, I guess I need to drive home now, and uh, full of hallucinogens. And he said he got in the car, and the car would not go forward. It turned on. It went in reverse, but it would not go forward. So when you're full of hallucinogenics and you know you're not supposed to be driving the car and you're, you're about 10 miles down the freeway uh, and you, you have been disobedient to your parent, what do you do, right? You call a tow truck? No, you drive backward on the freeway. So he did, my friend John, he jumped in the car. He said, I drove backward on the freeway. And I'm saying, well, wait, did, did you really drive backward on the freeway or did you think you were driving backward on the freeway? He says, no. He said, it was awesome. He said, that's why I know it wasn't just the drugs because I thought it was awesome driving backward on the freeway. And he drove all the way back home, backed the car into the garage. And the next day, his mom said, how did the car get flipped around? He says, gosh, I don't have any idea. And he said, sure enough, they couldn't pull the car out of the driveway or out of the garage because it was backed in. But that's what being dwelling on our past can do. It's insane, we would say, right? It's insane for my friend John to get on the freeway full of hallucinogenics or if he was clear of mind. We would say, you're not clear of mind, right? You're nuts to do that. Your mind isn't right. You're not thinking correctly. He wasn't thinking correctly. And that's what it's like to be dwelling. That's what the scripture would tell us. To be dwelling in the past keeps us from all things working together for good. It is insanity to think that we will move to the preferred future God has for us. In the recipe of this life God has put together, if we dwell and just stay camped on the past. See, your past is an important ingredient. Those things that have happened to you are absolutely critical in the whole of what's being put together. Difficult things going on in your life right now, those are very important in the process. But I would admonish all of us to not just stay camped in those places. We would say to one another that that's just kind of crazy. If the hope of the scripture is that all things work together for my good, when I love God and I'm called according to his purposes, if I can count on the fact that the scripture tells me that God's doing a new thing in my life, wouldn't it be crazy for me not to embrace that? 
wouldn't it be crazy for me to jump in the car and just start driving backwards? Wouldn't it make more sense to put in the work, to open up my heart to love God as much as I am absolutely able to do, to live into the purpose that God created me for. God did not create me to be stuck in bitterness and anger. Some of you even today, you have anger and unforgiveness and bitterness that's going on in your life and you know it. And I would just, I would, I would admonish you, I would say to you, you were not created for that. You were created to do the work that needs to be done might be relationally, might need to work it out with your relationship with God, but open yourself to the goodness of God and the purpose that God created you for. Trust in the powerful work of God. Isaiah 43 says this to remind us, forget the former things, Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. In your difficulty, in the things that have been hard, and I am making streams in the wasteland. Your bitter waters will become sweet. And again, in Romans 8, 28, he says that we know all things work together for good for those that love God, for those that are called according to his purpose. Two thoughts I want us to consider as I close up here. I want you to just take this and consider it and maybe think about this this week. The first thing is understand this, that you and I have not seen our best days. You and I have not seen our best days. They are still to come. Some of us may want to feel like, you know, I've already lived my best days. That is not true. God did not leave you on this planet to to go downhill. Your best days, the accumulation of ingredients and goodness and all of those things that have gone on in your life, your best days are still to come. They just are. And secondly, I would encourage all of us to to consider this, to not underestimate God's ability to work all things together for your good. Listen, in our strength, no doubt about it, but the scripture makes one thing definitively clear. It starts in the Garden of Eden, right? You and I are in this intense struggle with an enemy that hates our soul, hates us. The scripture says that in the garden that God had his heel bruised, essentially, but then destroyed the serpent, put the serpent under his foot. Never underestimate the ability of God in your life. Now on our own, on your own, on my own, you know what, there's some reason certainly to feel like, gosh, this isn't gonna turn around, but never underestimate the ability of God even on this day to turn it all around, 
to make all of those things that have seemed so hard and so bitter all of a sudden start to make a lot of sense. To begin to open our eyes to things that we thought, I didn't know that God was using any of that in my life. I just thought it was for my destruction. God is turning it around. God has defeated your enemy and mine. And he promises he's working all things for good. It's not all good, but he's taken all those ingredients right now in your life and mine. Just receive the goodness of God in it.
something happening that only you know. That we have been made overcomers. the overcoming Christ and it is Christ in us who is the hope of glory he who knew no sin became sin for us the chastisement of our peace was upon you by your stripes we are healed So may the grace of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the infilling, leading, guiding light of God, lead each one from this place. place they put the soles of their feet let hope rise that whether they see with their natural eyes or not they would be able to see with eyes that belong to the spirit of God that you are working all things together for good bless my friends now in the name of the father and the son Spirit. Amen. Beautiful week, guys. See you next week.